Welcome everybody to Off the Cuff. I am Adam Banks. Thank you for listening to the show. Coming at you live from Lexington, Kentucky. In the studio, I got Amber with me. Amber, nice to have you back. What is up, Banks? You know, a lot has been up. Amber, um, it's finally, first off, good to have you back in the studio. I feel like it's been uh, 900 years. I think it's been 905. It's been a long time. Now, did you notice the song that I come out with? Do you recognize that song? I do from a movie. Weapon of Choice by Fatboy Slim. I love Fatboy Slim, actually. They have a lot of good songs. It's a great song. If I ever won an award of any kind, I would want this song to play when I'm walking up to receive my award. Not, I'm fancy. Not that one, no. I I I want that one. But you know what you could have? You could actually have um, some yodeling if you ever won an award. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah why don't you play some yodeling so, music so, for us? Some yodeling like... This is a video that's just went viral. It's a sensational video. You know, I found this video when somebody had reposted it a couple of times. And I laughed, and you know, anybody who knows me knows my husband has a very dry sense of humor. You know, Wiley, I'm just about better than anybody. Yeah. Uh, and he kind of rolled over the other night and he said, uh, What the fuck's up with that little boy yodeling in Walmart? <laughs> <laughs> it took me back a minute. I was like, Wait, what, what's he talking well, about? I mean, yeah, for a second here, let's let's talk about this video. Um, it's, it's a video of this little boy yodeling, and he's in, it looks like a Walmart. He's in a Walmart in Illinois, actually. And then he just stand there and start yodeling just out of nowhere. Uh, you know, I don't really know the circumstances around the video. All I can tell you is this little boy over the last weekend uh, performed at Coachella. And anybody who knows anything about outdoor festivals, you know Coachella is the mecca yeah, of all outdoor festivals. Yeah, he's famous now. And this little boy is hanging out with Justin Bieber. Mm-hmm. He went from yodeling in Walmart, you know, and BFE to, you know, kicking it with Bieber at Coachella, you know. I think what's so unique about it is the fact that he is so young and he is... He he dressed the part in the video. He's got his little bow tie on, his little belt buckle, and he's standing in Walmart just yodeling. <laughs> and then you see the old woman in the back. He draws a crowd. He does. He draws a crowd. And, you know, I think, though, so, the thing that has made it just explode is some of the remixes. You know, you've got dubstep remixes. You've got club remixes. People are eating this up because it is so different from what we're used to seeing right now. You know, we're used to yeah. Cardi B getting up there, you know, occur, and then here you got this little boy yodeling in the middle of Walmart, you know. He's going to get a record deal. He's going to get something. Somebody is going to sign this kid. He's going to get something. It's amazing. Like, if you want to ever become famous, if you ever feel like that you want to just become famous, and you really think you have that skill to become famous... Yodel in Walmart. Yodel in Walmart. Yodel in Walmart. Or just do something in Walmart. You'll get get attention. (laughs) You'll get attention some way. Well, Amber, a lot has been going on since the last time we sat down in the Belmont studio... Uh, not to simmer down the mood, but there was a lot of tragedy that's happened. Yes. And uh, I'm going to start off with uh, all of these airplanes. I'm sure you've heard of the stories about all these air, uh, com- airport, not airport, but airplane companies just having problems with their planes. You had the 60-minute special on Allegiant Air. Did you see that? I did actually watch that. And the only reason we watched that, I think, is... Because, for some reason, Wally finds it 
funny, fascinating, and sad all at the same time that you actually done um, an interview with two what two thousand and twelve. Yeah. Uh, about where you were in a plane and had and had a problem, and that was Allegiant, wasn't it? Okay, okay. Actually, it was not two thousand twelve. It was the plane accident was two thousand thirteen. Yeah, I was almost on a, a plane crash, and it was an Allegiant aircraft. They said on the 60-minute special that it's five times more likely to crash if you are flying an Allegiant, if you're flying Allegiant Air. And I can sit here today and say, yes, I'm living, I'm living proof of that. Like, the engine blew up on the runway when we were taken off. And uh, debris went everywhere, the plane's shaking and rattling and rolling and the luggage falling out of the compartments, people screaming and crying. It was scary. You know, the first 30 seconds that I'm on a plane, and, and you've flown with me before. I have. You've flown with me. Um, cross country, actually. Cross, cross country. Yeah. Uh, the first 30 seconds after I feel the wheels up, um, I don't speak. I don't talk. I internally to myself pray to God that I will make it. Same, same. I, I cannot stand it when, when I'm nervous and somebody's trying to talk me uh, and just be, try not to talk. Try me. to talk you down, but just try to talk to you. Yeah, just, I'm like, look, I'm not listening yeah, to you. Yeah, I want to be in the zone. Let me yep. worry and freak out, have my anxiety to myself. I don't want you to take my mind off of it. I want to focus on what's Solely going on. Only on my anxiety, because I, yeah. that's the one thing I can control in that moment. Exactly, is my anxiety. Exactly, and if I can't think about my anxiety and what's going on, I, I freak out even more. You know that's so weird because most people spend their whole life trying to not have anxiety. And I feel like everybody can, can you know, be like, yeah, I, I feel you on that. Yeah. First 30 seconds. Landing, not a big deal. Uh, they taught us in grade school. Because you know tuck it's... Tuck and roll. Because you know it's coming to an end, I think. Exactly. Landing, what makes landing so comforting is you know it's about to be over. And tuck and roll. Tuck, I, I will tuck and roll all day. Well, you know, flying is... I'm not a big fan of flying. Flying is the only way to go. It's the fastest way to go. It's the, it's the most way convenient to way to go. But I'm not a fan of it. I'm actually, you know, and I know a lot of people who are fans of it. More power to them. Yeah. I don't like driving. I don't like flying. I wish I could just uh, beam me up, Scotty, and send me where I need to go. I... I don't like traveling. Eventually, I love to travel, but I don't like traveling. If that makes any sense, you like to be at your destination. You exactly. don't. You don't like getting from point A to point B. No, and that's why I guess they make Xanax. They do, <laughs> but off of Allegiant, that was one airline company that was in the news. There have been other airlines uh, company in the news. Uh, Southwest Airlines. I know you heard this story when the woman got sucked. Sucked. Out of out of a window, out of the window, thirty thousand feet up in the air, and that's like the the most. The, you know, you know, I love horror movies. Yeah, and um, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Six. Yeah. There is a whole like segment where this kid like is sitting beside this woman and she falls out of the bottom of the airplane. And you know, I grew up with that perpetual fear that holy shit, if I get up on this plane, I'm gonna fall through. That's like a snake being in your toilet when you sit down to take. Oh it my up. gosh, let's not talk about that because you know I experienced that two well, weeks ago. Basically, this story tells me that. Anything is possible. Anything can happen. Your worst nightmares could come true. Mm-hmm. That is a Final Destination scene, or where the win- where the window comes out of the plane and you're getting sucked out of it. Yes. And but she literally she the plane. What happened was something exploded into the plane or under the plane, and the window shattered. And those windows are thick. Those windows are very very thick. They're actually they're double paned with a space in between them. And if you notice, there's actually that little hole on the window that's facing in towards, you know, the passenger. And that's, you know, obviously to keep, you know, with um, 
pressurization, you know, in the cabin. But I mean, that, that shows you there's two panes on a window, and there's actually a cavity in between it. Well, she the basically when the window shattered. You know, when you stick your arm out the window, it will blow your arm back really oh, yeah. fast. It will blow your arm back really fast. And just think, you're probably going maybe 70, 80, 90 at most on average in a car with your arm Not flying. with my arm out the window. With, with your, well, <laughs> sometimes I stick my arm out there because, you know, I just want to see, just watch it fly back. But if you stick your arm out a window going that fast, it will fly back. The force, the force, equal and opposite forces, what was it? It's, it's one of the laws, you know, you, you will be met with the same amount of force. Well, in a plane... Going three, four hundred miles per hour, you uh, imagine you're going a little faster than that. Yeah, you're yeah, you're flying, literally flying, but you are absolutely getting it in the air. And it tried what happened was Mother Nature tried to pull her out the window. People on the plane tried to save her. There was not the moment that window shattered, there was no saving that woman. There wasn't. And it had her press I can just picture it in my head. There was no video of it, which Thank God, because we live in a day and age now. That or somebody were to jerk their phone out during a time like that. Exactly, and that 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 bothers me. It does me too, because back when the school shootings were going on, like that school shooting in Florida, in the most haunting time of those kids' lives, they still took the time out to Snapchat it, to to take pictures, and and I can see in their mind, you know, and I can see in everybody's I can't mind see why it. you want to, you know. You want to let people know this is what's going on. No, I get that. No, I don't. But I think about like Columbine. Oh my gosh, just those those few images that we have of that, that haunts me now. It does. But I'm surprised that nobody stuck, took their phone out and tried to capture that on video. But I can just picture it in my head because there's been no videos to surface yet. But I can just picture her being pressed up against the plane and basically the wind just sucking her just organs out. Disemboweling her. Yeah. Probably. Her spine. What is it? A, a, a visceration? Her guts. Everything. Is that what it's called? A visceration? Probably. Bless her heart. She was a mother of two. They tried to save her. Uh, they, I, I don't know if she lived for a little bit afterwards or not, but uh, she eventually passed away. Very sad. I did not do much research into that just because I... Again, I already have this perpetual fear of flying. I did not want to uh, make that more prevalent in my mind than, than what it already is. I mean, it just it just builds on the fear of flying. And we were talking about your worst nightmares coming true. This kind of attests to anything can happen. Really, Amber, honestly, if it can realistically happen, it can it, happen. It can happen. It can happen. Yeah. So, like, you know, we talk about a snake being in your toilet when you go down to sit down and take a dump. A snake, a snake could be in your toilet. And you know, I have an issue with snakes here. I mean, I, you've seen me put it all over Snapchat over the last week. I hate snakes. Rampant here at my house. I back up, you know, to a wooded area. I've had snakes in my house, and I had a dream the other night. This is about a week and a half ago that there was a, a snake in my toilet, and I have to get up every morning at four thirty and pee. I don't know why it's four thirty on the dot every morning. Really, it's very weird. Um, but in my head, there was a snake in the toilet. So, of course, I woke my husband up at 4.30 in the morning. Oh, my God, there's a snake in the toilet. Uh, so, I've kind of been very uh, cautious about sitting my bum bum down on the toilet. Well, I want you to be cautious. I'm always cautious. I always think about it when I do sit down. Because I do want to live a long life. I want to live a long life like Barbara Bush did. She lived 92 years. 92 years. And she, you know, she passed away. But you have to... You have to give when when a woman lives ninety two years or a man lives ninety two years. That's a long time to be on Earth. She was not only a woman who lived ninety two years, and I I might get some backlash from this. I don't really care, but she was married 
to George Sr., yeah. who served for four years as president. Yeah. She then went on to birth yeah. George W., yeah. who would serve eight years. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but... And her, and her son, her other son, was the governor of Florida. So, she's a miraculous woman. I mean, yeah. I mean, look at, you know... She's the only woman to be the first lady and the first mother in American history. And there, that says something about her. Also, what a wife. They were married 70 years. 70 years. They were married 70 years. It was it was such a love story between the two, between H.W. and Barbara. They said that H.W. would write her love Letters. notes all the time. Like stuff like, you are the most beautiful woman in the they world. They have actually uh, published some of the letters he wrote to her during um, World War II. And I want to read them. I do, but I feel like it's almost an invasion of privacy because I feel like that was that was between them. Yeah. Um, I see why they want people to see that because they, I feel like people, when they think about, you know, like when you think about the Bushes and the Obamas and, you know, the Clintons, you don't realize these are just everyday people. Well, you know, you, you makes you wonder how it just, it was so sweet that they were married 70 years and they were still just as in love after 70 years of marriage as what they were when they first met. And I don't know how long H.W. can last without his wife. Probably not long. I don't. How long do you give him? How you long know, do you give him? My grandmother and my grandfather were married over 50 years. And my grandmother died in 2006. And my grandfather did not pass away until 2014. And I know that that's, a, that's about eight years and in those eight years, every time I saw him, the only thing he said was, I can't wait to go home and be with Mommy. I'm going to give H.W. a year. I'll give him a year. I'm going to give him a year. I think he can last for a year. I, I do. Th- I don't think he... I, I think he's lost his will to live. Yep. He lost the love of his life. He I lost mean, the person that he shared. It's weird because, you know, people don't realize how intricate relationships are. Yeah. You know, it's not about... Uh, posting it on Facebook, kind of what we were talking about earlier, right. making a spectacle out of it. Yeah. I post stuff about Wiley on there, and I do it because I know it makes him feel good. But it's about the little things. It's about, okay, I didn't feel good this morning, so he put socks on my feet. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he he made sure I had something to eat for breakfast. He helps me with my homework. I make sure he's got clean scrubs. It's those little, little things. It's the little things. And I feel like the H.W. and Barbara both did the little things for each other. It's he's not things. spent a night away from her. I mean, unless he's been on a business trip or, or something like that. But and those are different. He's not spent a night away from her in 70 years. He's went through his whole journey of life with her. With her. 70 years. That's amazing. I mean, that's a lifetime together. It doesn't ever feel like that, though. It's a literal lifetime together that they had. So I don't see him living longer than a year. And if it was anybody else, I'd give him maybe a month or two. But the reason I give him a year is it's not a coincidence that presidents live to be 90 years old. No. You got Reagan, who lived to be... 150. You have uh, <laughs> Jimmy Carter, who's like 250. You got George H.W., who is, okay, in reality, he's 92 as well. There, it's not a coincidence that they live as long. I think that the government has cures for everything. Are you in a conspiracy theory right now? Well, I guess I kind of am. Have you Name a president who's had cancer. I'll wait. That's what I thought. Name a president. <laughs> name a president. Now, I'm sure I could probably come up with some. No, you can't. You can never name a president um, in the modern era 
where they have died of a severe illness. They keep them alive. I think that if a president got cancer, they're fixing them. I do. I think that the government does keep things like cancer, the cure for cancer, hidden because... Hey, well, but it's money. It's money for pharmaceutical there's companies. There's not a lot of them. We're on what number 40, 49? Oh, there's not a lot of them. No, but they all live very long lives. They all do live very long lives. Is that a coincidence? Maybe. I mean, maybe. Who knows? Uh, Who knows? Uh, I mean, I don't know. You know, I want to believe in conspiracy theories. I do. And you know, before before this is over, I do want to talk about something that's not on our list. Uh, we've talked about it briefly. What? Um. Do we want to talk about it now? Yeah, bring it up. Okay, well, um, over the past weekend, I got invited to go to um, a spiritual medium. Yeah. You and I have been down this road before. Yeah. I, we went to one together. Yeah. And I went to one. You actually were there when I went to the one in Awesome. Do you remember that at Awesome Days? I do remember that, yeah. Very briefly. But, you know, I've always been... I've always been searching for something, searching yeah. for answers, searching for, you know, okay, what's the meaning of this? And, you know, I, I'm absolutely petrified of the thought of seeing like a ghost or a spirit, but I'm also very intrigued by it. Yeah. So it's kind of like one of those uh, uh, love-hate relationships. I would ever, like, I would hate myself if I ever did, but we I all, would love it. We all want a window into our future. Ex- well, not even that I wanted a window into the future. But over the weekend, I was invited to go down to Franklin, Kentucky, to the Octagon Hall, which is if if you've never been there, we should go. It's five dollars tour the place. It's a beautiful place, beautiful facility, beautiful grounds. And I got the pleasure of meeting a spiritual medium, mm-hmm. and I knew straight out the bat that this woman did not want anything from me because a she did not expect us to pay anything. Yeah, was this a woman that you go and like sit down on a couch with her and she tells no, you cards? Uh, no, it actually wasn't anything like that. It was actually very much unlike anything I'd ever been to in my entire life. Yeah, um, my friend—I um, won't say her name—but you know, a friend of mine um, had met this person, you know, a couple of years back, and you know, I think she'd been kind of on and off with her. And you know, my friend—my friend's already just a very loving person you know she's a very loving person she's she's kind of been struggling you know with the death of a very close family member and i don't think that she went there with the intentions that anything was going to happen and i can show you the video actually once we're done yeah um but you know she invited me to go and i was happy to go i like you know i I like it when i get to travel with good people you know with people who i know just want to go and have a good time they don't expect anything from me other than just my company okay and that was one of these trips so we go, and, you know, we're at Octagon Hall, and it's actually in a um, a tent, like okay. a tent outside. And there's there's actually a quite a nice little crowd. There's probably, like, 30 people there. And we sit down, and the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen in my life, up close and personal, walks through the crowd. And she sees my friend, and she, she hugs her, and she hugs me. She doesn't know my name. You don't think this is a scam? No. You don't think that this was... There's no way. Because the name that she looked at me and mentioned is not one that unless you know me, like know, know me, you wouldn't know this person. Interesting. I'd love to talk to her. Can you get her on the show? I actually, that's one of the reasons why I brought it up. You know, um, she actually, um, she has a book. It's called Through the Eyes of Angel. Um, her name is Angel Lee. Uh, beautiful soul. I hope I, I'll make sure that I send her this podcast. Yeah. I would love for her to be on here. I'd love to meet her. I would love to talk to her. She's one of those people, though, you know, I know what she can do. I know what she can do because she showed me. Yeah. And I don't ever need her to do it for me again. Unless I 
you know, unless she I... She showed you what you needed to do. Well, what was No, it? she showed me what she could do. She, you know, she connected with me uh, because there was a spirit attached to me. And it was not personally for me. It was actually for my husband. And this is someone that I've met briefly, briefly, couple of times. Not enough that the person, that the you know, the man actually made like a major impact on my life. But she connected with this person and gave me a message to relay to my husband. Well, that's very interesting. Yeah, I'd love to meet her. Uh, through the eyes of Angel, her book is on Amazon. Um, Angel Lee is her name. It's L E I G H. Uh, I recommend anybody that listens to it look her up. I wonder if she would give me maybe a reading on the air. Well, now she doesn't do readings. That that's not what she does. She the easiest way I can describe it is she gets she's a messenger. So if there is someone who is connected to you that has passed, that has a message for you or a third party message for someone that you know, can she do it via phone? She actually she can. Okay, I want a reading over the phone. That I mean that's that's how when I'm going to get call on the it show. A reading because it's not a reading. Well, what it's, what's it, it called? It's a connection. Oh, I makes, want her to connect me over the phone. She makes a connection. She will not force a connection, which is what I appreciate. Yeah. Because I went in there with the intentions I wanted to connect with my father. I think that would be really good radio. I think that if you could get her on off the cuff, I would. And love she could do a connection of a her connection. of me. On off the cuff, I think that would be huge. I think people would really like to listen. I, to that. I'm gonna show you the video once once we we stop recording, and, and I'm gonna have to have you message her and tell her what what I'm wanting. I, I'll send I'll send it to her. I'll send this podcast to her. Yeah, you do. But anybody who's listening, Angel Lee uh, through the eyes of Angel, it's on Amazon. Um, check her out. Amber, have you gotten a chance to watch the reboot of Roseanne? Now, buddy, you know I have. Roseanne is great. Let me just say this about Roseanne. People who are giving it crap about it being too political or they're they're giving it crap about, you know, not being funny. It's Roseanne. This is what Roseanne does. Roseanne's always been controversial. It wouldn't be Roseanne. This is the same woman who went up against... uh, Gosh, am I a lesbian bro- kiss. Uh, she went against uh, a black girl kissing her white son. She went against... I love the old show, Roseanne, back in the 90s, when they, her and Dan had a huge fight. I don't know if you've ever seen that episode. It was in like the eighth season finale. And her and Dan had a huge fight to where it felt real. You could feel the tension between the two. It almost felt like you were about to Is witness a domestic violence. No, I'll get to that in just a second. This was a fight that they had. It was about basically Dan was eating unhealthy food and he just had had a he heart attack. He just had the heart attack. And Roseanne was really pissed off that he was still eating unhealthy and not caring. And they got into a huge argument about it and he flipped over the table. He was knocking stuff off of the fireplace. She was knocking food off of the table. She busted the TV. It was an amazing television moment. So that was one scene. Of course, they uh, covered the um, scenario when Dan cheated on Roseanne. That was very intense. That was very intense. And then they they covered stuff like that. Uh, That was what it was known for, and you felt like you knew these people. You did. And guess what? I still feel like I know them. When you watch the show now, I love it that it's controversy. I love it that people are getting pissed off. I love it that people are mad of the stuff that they're doing because it's Roseanne. And that's when you know it's successful. Have you seen the ratings? 
They're out the roof. They're out the roof. People, they're talking bad about it, but people are watching By it. My God, you're talking about it. You're though. talking about it. You're talking about you're it. You're watching it. And I think it's hilarious. I, I honestly, genuinely think it's a hilarious show. You know, when when Becky and Darlene, and I, and I hope I'm not, this is a spoiler alert for anybody, but, you know, we both have older siblings. Mm-hmm. And when Becky and Darlene sit down in that last episode and, you know, they're drinking the tequila. Yeah. You know, they're sitting there. And, you know... Darlene starts talking to Becky and she's, you know, she tells her, she says, we're definitely two different people. Yeah. That hit me because I love my brother, but we are two totally different right. people. Just because your siblings doesn't, doesn't make you the same person. you're the same person. And, you know, at the end of the day, they're actually the exact same person. Yeah. They're both down on their luck right now. They're both dependent upon their parents to, you know, make them feel whole again. And I, and the fact that they still can look at each other and be like, we're two different people. You know, you're you're two totally different people going through the same thing. Yeah, it's a funny show. I swear, when she was going up the stairs in that chair and she was like, quit looking at me, Dan. <laughs> and he was filming her on his cell phone and going up them steps. I laughed till I cried. I mean, I thought that was the funniest stuff. It, it was, Roseanne's great. You know, Laura Metcalf will always be, I want to be that character. You want to be Jackie? I want to be Jackie. And, you know, the first couple of episodes... You know, actually, the first episode, I think you find out, you know, Roseanne and Jackie aren't talking. And Roseanne has a shrine built to Jackie. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that is like some shit that my brother would do to me. Yeah. <laughs> Have a shrine built to Zane. Have a shrine. But Amber's not dead. Well, she's dead to me. She's dead to me. <laughs> it's a great show. It is a great show. So are they calling it the 10th season or are they calling it just the I first season? I think they're calling it the 10th season. I think that, you know, it was meant to just pick up right where things left off. What's great about it is that the show, actually, I think what's making the show successful is they're not trying to just do a, a, a reboot. A spinoff. Or... They're not trying to do a spinoff. They're not trying to do a little reboot where they're just bringing back Roseanne. They brought back the entire Everybody. They brought back Roseanne. They brought back Dan. Dan. They brought back Becky. They brought back uh, Becky Darlene. Part two. Becky Part 2. Jack. They brought back the mom. mom. They brought back the mom. Are they going to bring back the gay dude, Leonard? What's his name? Uh, Leon. Leon. And then they also brought back David. They brought back David. And I'm going to tell you, that whole segment of where David comes in and him and Darlene... You know, there's all, everybody has their David. You know, they, Darlene thought, okay, you know, we, you know, we just had sex. Things are going to get better. He just signed a lease. And then it was like, it took everybody in her family being like, this is not a good idea. He's not the right person for you. You guys are not right for each other. No. You still love them, but they still. doesn't mean you can't love them. That's still, just, sometimes it's just not good for you. And you know, there's one part, you know, Becky says something to her and she's like, you know, oh, well, you know. Uh, when Mark died, and she said, yeah, but your marriage died. I didn't realize how good of an actor Johnny Galecki was until I watched that episode of Roseanne. Until you see how completely different. I see who he is as Leonard on The Big Bang Theory. And then he comes in and plays David off Roseanne, and it just takes me back to the old 90s episodes of Roseanne of him playing David. And he jumps right back into character like he played the character yesterday. Like that's him. And it's amazing just how good of an actor he is because David and Leonard are two different people. Mm -hmm. And Johnny Galecki plays those two roles. I mean, he just jumped back into it like it was yesterday. Mm -hmm. Like he had just done the role. And I was like, wow, that's very good acting. He was timid. 
He had his head down the whole time. He was the very uh, tender-hearted David that mm-hmm. we all knew. Johnny Galecki was a great. He's great, and people want to give crap about Roseanne not being a great actress. I beg to differ. She connects. I think she's she connects with people. She might not be an Academy Award-winning actress, but she connects with people in a way that makes her successful. I mean, you could look at the same as Kathy Bates. I mean, some people don't like her and they don't see why she's won. And I think she's the best actress around. Absolutely. Well, Amber, before we go, I do want to talk about our governor, Ooh. Matt Bevan. I know that Ooh. you've been keeping all uh, keeping up on the controversy with uh, the teachers. Mm-hmm. They're mad over their pension. They're mad over uh, basically what Bevan is saying about teachers. He went on a rant the other day. He said that because teachers are striking, kids are being left home unattended, and he guaranteed. He didn't say them. he didn't say it was a possibility. He guaranteed, guaranteed he guaranteed it that there was kids getting molested, mm-hmm. and that there was kids that were ingesting poison, all because they uh, were left home from school. And then um, he I apologized mean, for it. Oh, well, yeah, you know, I can, you know, go out, hit, and kill somebody, and then say, oh, you know, hey, I'm sorry, and then go on about my life. Yeah, he's apologizing only because... Only because he has to. Everybody got upset over that. He offended... He says, I'm sorry if I offended you. I'm like, dude, you offended everybody. Everybody. You offended you everybody. You offended everybody. You offended the the people who struggle with sexual assault as it is. Yep. You offended the people who are family of people who struggle with sexual who assault. Who says that? What is wrong with him? He said that teachers had thug mentality. And, you know, to a certain extent, yeah, they did. And that kind of leads me to wonder, like, okay, if that's what you associate with thug mentality, then all of the thugs, what were they pushed? Like, what was their their catalyst event to push them to have that sort of mentality? You know, here we are. You know, we ele- we elected this man into office because he said he was going to bring about change. Right. He preached he was going to bring about change. And that's what we needed. Has the pension fund been going under for years? Yes, it has. It has. And I think that if it would have been set down and these people would have been spoken to like the respected adults they should be, I think that people would have understood, like, we've got to make a change for our future. Yeah. Don't lie to them. Don't, you know, don't, don't do things... In a disrespectful manner. And I think that's the whole thing that's kind of gotten people was he is very disrespectful. He is very disrespectful. And he, I don't feel like he has the interest, the best interest of teachers. And it's, I don't think he likes education. I Why really, mess with education? I don't really know what his intentions are right now. There have been so many. He wants to improve the, the, um, the, he wants to improve the pension. I don't, I don't think that's what it is. I think he realized that he got elected into an office and he could not fix it. Because again, this has been going on for years. He says he's the first governor to really address the pension in Kentucky. Uh, but. I and think he's he realized the hole that he's in. I think that's why he's acting so erratic. Yeah, that's the only that's the only explanation I come up with. You know, come up with in my head is why is this person being so belligerent? He, I mean, he is. It's almost like I mean, like, do you know what you're doing? Are you sober? Who is his PR? Right. I'm sure they probably go home and like drink a fifth a night. Or they're fired because uh, <laughs> if, if he don't fire him, he's he could get. Uh, impeached out of office. He is definitely a one-term governor. He is definitely a one-term governor. You know who's not a one-term host? Me. You aren't. That's why I said me. 
You've been on the show what now? Like, 500 times. No, maybe like 14, 15 episodes. I think so. It's always nice to have you on. I know. We even had a little. We even had little. When friends. I was doing the March Madness series, which I enjoyed a lot, and I love my friends that I do it with. And we always have good conversations about sports, but I love the regular broadcasting of Off the Cuff. And when I can bring a host on with me, there's nothing like it. And I have to have someone to feed off of. And it's got to be someone of my choice. It's got to be a weapon of choice. Hence why I play the weapon of choice by Fat Points by did Fat you, Boy Slim. Did you just call me a weapon? I've been calling the Points and a weapon. You are my weapon of choice. You are my co-host, and you are my weapon of choice. You sure it's not the drink I made you? Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this is Adam Banks, Amber Hall, Amber Turner. Oh, no! Reverting back to Amber Hall here. <laughs> Amber Turner. I need, to, I need to realize that people's names change once they get married. And I've been married for you, a while. And like, you dropped the hall, right? I am not a hall. You're not even hopping, are I'm you? I'm not even a hopping Adam hall. Banks, Amber Turner, everybody. This has been Off the Cuff. We will see you in the next episode.